Time Out with Manu Kakopian. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Time Out with Manu Kakopian. Today, we are joined by Karo Patpatian, who is an executive chef for the Mayfair Hotel in Los Angeles. And he comes with over a decade of experience working as a chef for Wolfgang Puck franchises, most recently at the Spago in Beverly Hills. And uh, Gatto, welcome to the show. And I'm assuming we're going to talk a lot about food today. Uh, a pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you for having me, Manu. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I-, I have to ask you right off the bat, what did you have for dinner last night? <laughs> what did I have for dinner last night? You know, actually just like a simple sandwich. You know, when you go home, that's uh, after seeing all everything, it's just you want the simplicity of, you know, having a nice fresh bread and some nice, you know, ham and stuff like that, but just keeping it as simple as possible. Yeah, and, you know, uh, take me through your day-to-day at the the Mayfair in Los Angeles. I know uh, being a chef comes with a lot of responsibilities, but uh, uh, take me through your day-to-day. What does being a chef in 2020 in Los Angeles look like? Uh, it's it's definitely different than what it used to be. Uh, nowadays, it's like, you know, managing uh, all your employees, uh, making sure they're coming to work on time and, you know, even just getting in there and have it, washing dishes if necessary. Cause there's, uh, so many times that, you know, you know, people are just, uh, not as reliable as they used to be. So working the line, you know, it's not like it used to be before as an executive chef where it was mostly, you know, overseeing and doing paperwork and orders, stuff like that. It's more, hands-on and you know prepping a lot and working the line and doing a lot of you know parties and stuff like that so it's it's you have to be versatile and you know jump in where you need to that's the modern chef and um specifically with your role are you in the back cooking it up or uh what do what do you uh do on a day-to-day basis what are you doing tonight after you finish talking with me well, I'm I'm gonna be you know expediting the line, uh, working at our newly uh, uh, restaurant called Locala. So after I'm done talking to you, we'll be jumping you know on the line and making sure the guys are prepped and uh, making sure we have a good service. You know that's that's one of the top things. Coming in and you know overseeing, we do have a lot of different outlets. So uh, making sure that you know that everyone's prepped and if they have parties, making sure those are ready to go. And, you know, just uh, taking it on from there. And, you know, the Mayfair is one of the more landmark establishments in Los Angeles, and it's uh, actually a historic landmark, correct? That is correct. Yeah, we were uh, originally opened in 1926, uh, home of the first Oscars after party held by Howard Hughes. So we have a big, big, you know, we're trying to bring that glamour back, you know, that whole old, old hollywood glamour our ballroom till this day is where they held it and they they totally you know revamped it to where we have like a really really nice chandelier hanging hanging from the middle uh and it's we want to bring that you know glamour back to la and um you're armenian by ethnicity and i know culture and uh tradition is a big part of you and your family uh, how are you implementing uh, traditional 
Armenian flavors and spices into the menu at the Mayfair? Uh, you know, growing up, uh, watching my mom and grandmother cook, and trying to bring that, you know, it's hard to like explain, but, you know, the love that comes with cooking. That's what I've been growing up with, seeing, you know, my grandmother cook and my mother cook. Just, just You have to have the passion and the love uh, that goes out to your food. Uh, without it, you know, it's just an empty plate. I mean, anybody can make a hamburger. Anybody can make, you know, a grilled steak. It's what you do. The, the love comes with it. Uh, and all the different spices and all the different techniques my grandma used to use is what I try to implement on a daily basis on, you know, the, our menu and making sure it's, uh, you know, has that love to make it what it is. And um, it obviously being born into traditional kitchen of your grandmother and mother, what was kind of that tipping point or transitional point where you wanted to pursue this as a passion and a career? Well, uh, growing up, when I was small, I would always watch, you know, the Food Network and stuff like that. And then uh, my parents decided to take us on a trip to, uh, to Paris one summer. Uh, our family owns, like, a little restaurant called Vartan's uh, by the Champs-Élysées. So one day they were going sightseeing, and my cousin used to go over there and prep. He was a couple years older than me. So I'm like, you know what? You know, this is very I'm, – I'm very curious on, you know, actually working in a kitchen. So I'm like, I don't want to go sightseeing today. Let me go and help you prep and see what I can do. I was 14 years old. Uh, so got in the kitchen and immediately fell in love with it. It was it was amazing. Like after the whole you know hustle and bustle of of, of working and seeing how everything is done, and I was mind you, I was just making you know just like cutting some tomatoes and cucumbers, but I loved it from the from the beginning. Uh, so after that, when we came back, my mind was 100% made up. Like this is what I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. And uh, what were the first steps you took in making that a reality? Uh, first step, culinary school. Obviously, that was the first step. Uh, early grad in high school. Uh, finished about six months early. Missed my high school graduation. Uh, went straight into culinary school. Uh, finished up. And then basically worked here and there. And then I started working with Wolfgang after that. Yeah. Uh, where did you go to culinary school in Los Angeles? Culinary school, I went to the Cordon Bleu in Pasadena. Oh, yeah, that's still one of the preeminent institutions, isn't it? It is, yeah. I know recently they had a, a name change and stuff like that, but, you know, it's, it's still in, in California. It's definitely one of the, one of the top places. Now, um, take me through leaving culinary school and landing that first big break. I mean, w when we talk about you being the executive chef at the Mayfair and wor working for for uh, chefs that have global names and such that doesn't come overnight. Where did you Where did you first start? Uh, first started, you know, at the Wolfgang Puck's Cafe on Sunset and Crescent. It was in a big complex where the Virgin Mega Store was, uh, where CDs used to be, uh, you know, <laughs> used back then. Uh, so started there, you know, I just applied randomly and, you know, they called me in as a cook, you know, worked over there for a couple of years. And then Wolfgang decided to, you know, shut down all his cafes 
And they're like, would you like to go to Spago? So I'm like, sure. But <laughs> I really did not know what I was getting myself into. You know, every every day after, you know, I was almost a sous chef at the cafe, but then I had to start from uh, day one, you know, from the bottom all the way to the top over there. I mean, it took years, but I'm definitely grateful for that opportunity that I got. Yeah. How do you... How do you compare a cafe to one of the most preeminent restaurants in Los Angeles? I mean, what was that transition like for you? Oh, you you can't. There's no comparison. It was it was just night and day. You know, the precision, uh, making sure everything is on point, and you know, it's like a it's like basically an army and and Wolfgang, and his right hand man, Chef Lee Hefner, which I learned a great deal from. I'm so grateful. I had the opportunity to work with him. It's just like, you know, it's everything is on point. You have to make sure all your prep is done properly and and making sure you're on time and making sure your line is set up and all that stuff uh, you really can't learn in a culinary school. I mean, culinary school is great for, you know, learning the general, you know, how to dice and this and that. But what I learned, I always say culinary school is like going to a community college but what I learned from uh, Spago is like graduating from a Harvard or a Yale. It's like no comparison. Yeah, and you know, us as patrons, as customers, you know, when we go to a, a fine dining restaurant like that, you know, we we kind of forget the process it takes in the kitchen. And, you know, when we're there, we're just there to enjoy, indulge, and make the most of, you know, an extravagant meal, but kind of take me through what's going on in the kitchen uh, and during that time. I mean, it's hours and hours of preparation, and, you know, each dish takes, you know, significant having to design it. I mean, it's not overnight that we come out with a dish. We continuously, you know, work on it, and, and until it's perfect, it doesn't come out of the kitchen. So once... You know, we get the go-ahead from all the chefs and making sure we get the stamp of approval. Then we'll start, you know, putting it on the menu, run it as a special, and then, you know, if we if we see good feedback, then it'll go on the menu. But, I mean, it's, it's countless times and times of just preparation. And, I mean, each dish is like you see, it's like so simple. But we use the best ingredients, and it's it, it takes time to make some of these sauces and the love it takes to, you know, making sure you're skimming it and the clearness of the of the sauce is more important. You know, making sure, like, you're taking the time. And the number one thing is the love. You know, you have to put the love into it, you know, making sure it's seasoned properly and all that, and then, and then teaching that stuff to the cooks and, you know, the people who are working the line. Mm-hmm. What what do you think was the most foremost and important learning you took away from your time at Spago that you've applied to your career ever since? Uh, discipline, organization, cleanliness, and you know, uh, having the patience to deal with all the staff members is one one of the key things. And you know, it's it's what I learned at Spago was like if you can't learn anywhere, you're gonna have you have to have that passion to go through that. In the beginning, I was you know every day I'm like, is this really what I want to do? Because that would you know you see Hell's Kitchen on uh, on the network, but th- that was at that time it was the real Hell's Kitchen. And if you came out of it, it's it's what made you a chef. And that's what I'm most grateful for is you know the discipline and 
the organization they teach you, you can't learn that in any culinary school. So that was the most important thing to me. And what were those touch points personally like with Wolfgang Puck? What are some of the uh, what's some advice you took from him? Uh, number one advice, you know, making sure you're consistent. And the the best thing I learned from is from him is making sure the guest is taken care of. Anything that the guest wanted, uh, I think that was a big part of his success, or and still is a big part of his success. He would make you know, you try to make it happen. Within means, obviously, but like you know, a lot of our our guests that would come in were regulars, and and they would love to order off the menu. So we would make sure we have you know the lobsters in house or this kind of fish or that kind of meat, just to make make sure we're taking care of the guests. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the guest is why we're here. So that's the most important thing: is always make sure the guest is happy, and you know, uh, and go go on from there. So. A lot of off-the-menu items, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. I mean, Spago, we had our regulars that would come in, and we would know what they're going to order. And most of the time, you know, it might have been a steamed fish with some steamed vegetables. But, uh, you know, Spago is a place where, you know, regulars come in all the time, and we, we're always, always ready for them. And that's, I think, was a big part of Wolfgang's success is that he's always there to accommodate the guests. And, of course, it's in the heart of Beverly Hills, and I'm sure you you catered to a who's who of uh, celebrities and stars. What's one of your favorite stories that you'd like to share? Uh, I mean, yeah, we've done uh, so many events, uh, and I'm seeing basically celebrities was like a regular occurrence for us. Uh, one time, one time we had an offside catering at uh, – a big uh, person's house in Santa Barbara. Uh, so it was like we had to cater everything through Spago. That was one of my favorite, favorite things. Like, I'll never forget that. Grabbed all the cooks, grabbed all the chefs, and they had shuttles for us, like big party buses. Basically, they loaded us up. We had a refrigerator truck load up all the food, you know, went down there. Beautiful house. You know, I had a, like a big golf course on it. We had to take the golf carts in and back back and forth uh we did our catering and then you know it was like three in the morning we took the party buses back we fell asleep and then we got back to la but that was one of my most my most memorable experiences it was it was it was amazing like uh, till this day uh, i still keep in contact with the chefs and we still laugh about the going out there Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, people ordering off the menu. I mean, I've been in instances where I'm out with friends and family, and um, I have a friend who only eats steak well done. And, you know, a lot of times they they say, I want the well done steak, and they say the chef won't prepare that. Or if, mm-hmm. if, if a bur- we only prepare our burgers medium well, or, you know, there's certain stipulations with the menu. Uh, why is that? Why do not, why do chefs not uh, compromise with what the patron wants if they want a well done steak? Well, you know, some chefs are, you know, I would say, you know, they have their mentality, their old school ways, but I think that's dying down more and more. Uh, I mean, you're paying for the steak. I know us Armenians, we love our well-done steak, no matter if it's A5 Japanese Kobe or, you know, a prime ribeye. Uh, but to, for for me, my mentality is it's all about the guest. If the guest wants a $200 steak well done, they're paying for it. So it's, you know, you, you make it well done. It's as simple as that. 
it's 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 all about what the guest wants nowadays. But but there are those old school mentalities. But we never have this issue at Spago. But this is why one of the reasons why they were so successful and still are is you know if a guest wants a well done steak, you know we can make our recommendations at the end of the day. You, this will be best eaten medium or medium well or medium rare. But at the end of the day, the customer is is who's paying for it and the guest and. And nowadays, it's it's basically you have to adapt to that uh, mentality. And I think more and more that old school way of this is how I cook it and this is how you have to eat it is is dying down. Yeah, I mean, a- another instance that I could remember is, you know, uh, one of the requests was for the chicken to be deboned and deskinned, And the chef said, I am sorry, I can't do that. I mean, it's uh, and it feels like an, it's an inconvenience for the patron to go there and debone the chicken and take the skin out when it could have been done in the kitchen. I just find it sometimes baffling that, you know, like you said, the a chef won't go above and beyond to make sure the patron is happy. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's end of the day, the prices are obviously just through the roof. You go to a restaurant a nice restaurant you're going to spend you know with a couple of drinks here and there two people you're going to spend at least 3 4 500 bucks so the prices of everything is going up uh with that being said we we as chefs have to be definitely more accommodating and i mean if it's something you can't do then you can't do it obviously but you know deboning a chicken i mean it's not a big deal it goes in the kitchen you know a couple minutes here a couple minutes there and I mean, if you're getting these, you know, requests often, maybe you should adapt your menu to where the chicken is already deboned, or you know, you, if you don't want to compromise flavor and still cooking it whole roasted, you know, a lot of places right now, what's in is, you know, the whole chickens are going out, you know, they present it, and then it comes back to the kitchen, and you know, they debone it for you, and then you get, you know, you get your nice plate, you know. But yeah, it's it's all about adapting. It's the it's 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 a matter of the customer, the guest is always right. Uh, end of the day, they're paying for it. They're paying for the meal. They're paying for you know your salary, uh, and you have to accommodate. And you mentioned you know making the food with love, but for for someone who hasn't been at any of the establishments you've worked at or hasn't had a chance to be at your house when you're cooking for them. How would you describe your style? What, How is Scotto's style as a chef and, and the way he makes food? Well, my style is, I would say, all over the place. You know, I love, like, even at Spago, we were, you know, we're known as California cuisine. You know, here I like to describe myself as L.A. cuisine. L.A. cuisine to me is, you know, Latin flavors, Mediterranean flavors, you know, Middle Eastern flavors, I'll throw in a little bit of Asian in there, and then I I try to use the French techniques and stuff like that. But, you know, I like to, you know, just go all over the place. You know, I, I, I had a chance to, you know, study some, like, mole recipes, you know, Latin, Latin flavors. I had a sous chef that, you know, we took his grandmother's recipe, you know, which has, uh, like, animal crackers in there, and it's like the best mole. It takes probably a couple days to make. But, you know, just the love, like, using the techniques like the grandmas had. And, like, that's where all the flavor is. That's where all the love is. Like, uh, yes, it does take time. You know, it's not it's not something that you can whip up in five minutes. But the, the, the guest sees that, you know, the, the flavor profile. And that's, that's my main thing is, you know, making sure the guest is happy. That, that smile I get when a person, even at home or in my restaurant, just, you know, you, trying the food. It's like that's 
all that I need, really. It's, that's what makes me so happy is to see the patrons coming in and, you know, they're enjoying their food, uh, you know, giving us the good Yelp reviews, you know, asking, you know, I've had many Armenian guests come in where they say, oh, the chef is Armenian, please call him out. You know, we like to talk to them. Uh, and, you know, just getting to know the people, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's the great, greatest feeling in the world. And you mentioned that L.A. Cuisine at the Mayfair in in Los Angeles right now. What is your go-to item? If, if anyone who is listening, contemplating, coming to the restaurant, what is one thing they should order that they're going to be blown away by? Well, there's a couple couple great dishes we have uh was there's a falafel recipe that i i you know took me months and months we actually it was, it was from spago days but i converted that and instead of using chickpeas i'm using you know cannellini white beans which you know it's all about you know experimenting and seeing what you can do to the to the fullest and you know i i tried i'm like you know what let me let me try it with this you know and it came out so fluffy and delicate where i like i never use garbanzo beans after that that's one of our signature dishes uh another one is we have our, our shrimp tacos which uh is uh basically paying homage to there's a, a street a taco taco truck called mariscos jalisco which has the best jonathan gold named it one of the best uh, fish tacos shrimp tacos he's ever had so we try to not mimic them to to pay homage to them to you know this and we put you know their name on it i mean they they it's theirs we don't want to take credit for it we just want to put our twist on it basically and and put it out there and we've got you know very good uh, results and people seem to love it you know, Gato, uh, I'm going to ask you to hang tight because I'm getting so hungry right now. I might have to go and grab a plate before we continue this interview. But let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about my favorite subject, which is still more food. So hang tight, and we'll be right back after this. Time Out with Manu Kakopian. And welcome back, everyone. We are joined today by Garo Patpatian, who is the executive chef at the Mayfair Hotel in Los Angeles here and brings a decades-long experience from Spago and Beverly Hills, among other Wolfgang Puck establishments. And Gatto, as we continue the conversation here, we were talking about food. And, you know, you mentioned how the hotel being at a historical landmark, but you guys are kind of redoing things and reinventing the space. Um, obviously, they say a picture says a thousand words, but I'm sure you can explain what that also looks like as well, too. So what is the Mayfair Hotel right now and all the improvements that it's made? Well, we've we've definitely, you know, our owner bought it about five years ago, and completely the inside has been torn out and rebuilt. Uh, we're currently working on our pool, uh, which will be probably opening for brunch probably in the next week or two. Uh, beautiful space. I mean, it'll be one of the biggest pool decks in all of downtown. It's about going to be about eight or ten thousand square feet. Uh, so, but everything from you know from top to bottom has been the rooms have been remodeled, uh, and we recently started the uh, we launched our new restaurant called Vocala, 
uh, basically means local LA almost. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to bring that you know LA cuisine. You know, I'm I'm actually looking forward to to seeing the the new establishment when you guys are ready to open. I know the last time you and I had a touch point, it was at the LA Times Taste event uh, at the Paramount Studios lot. And, you know, sometimes in the middle of the night when I'm drooling, I actually think it's because of the oxtail mole tostada that I had that day because it was it was something else. And um, I, I actually felt guilty coming back for like the sixth or seventh time. I was actually hoping you would kind of go in the back because I'm like, I'm probably going to get rid of your entire supply for one night. But, you know, uh, I'm sure I'm sure the menu is going to uh, look look a lot different as well, too, um, from, from what I from what I know, um, that's that's pretty much what, what you kind of go on. And, you know, I have to ask you, you have a, you have a beautiful family with your wife, Julie, and your children. Um, what was what was the first place you went out on a date with? I know dating in Los Angeles, everyone's looking for that great restaurant and where to take someone. Where did you wow Julie for your first date? Well, obviously, you know, I was working at Spago, so our first uh, date, so you call it, was at Spago. And, you know, the every time from if you're a dishwasher to a chef, they take so great care of you. And, we, you know, we had to go full on with the caviar, and we did this full on tasting. And, you know, we had the wine pairing to go with it. And, you know, I think that's what sealed the deal for me is uh, basically when we went to Spago, and she was, she was really impressed after that. <laughs> wow. Talk about setting yourself up. Uh, at a very high level, how do you keep reinventing and redoing yourself with dinners? Well, after yeah, that? the, that's the hardest part. After that, it's all downhill. <laughs> but uh, no, you know, we—I love to cook at home, and you know, you know, my wife loves to cook as well. It's, uh, it's, and 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 she's great at it as well. I know she gets a little intimidated by me, but oh, you're a chef, you know. So everything has to, you know. She's more nervous and stuff, but I mean, she she's she's a great. She's a great cook at home, and 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 it's it's you know it's compromising. I mean, work is so uh, hard and stressful and long hours. I mean, it's uh, it's making sure you have time for your family, and you know, juggling work and family. That's the most important thing for me. Yeah, I got to go back to that Spago dinner though. Did that? Did they just take that out of your check, or did it fall off the truck? Well, what's the deal? How, how do you <laughs> how do you end up paying for that afterwards? Spago basically takes care of their staff. I mean, as well as a chef, I've actually we went to Spago in August of last year for our anniversary, and I hadn't been there since I left for about five five six years, and they still took care of me, and basically. They take care of their employees. It's like family, and it was like I never had left. It's it's amazing that culture they've built, and the way they take care of people. You're yeah. Granted, it was the most stressful place you you could ever work, but after they take so great care of you, when you go in, even with guests, they're like amazed. The service and everything that goes along with it to the food. It's I that. Is, is very memorable for me and that's what I try to you know to work into my establishment I mean food is only half of of a restaurant you know you have to I think it's even actually less service and making sure you wow the guests to me it should be like a show you know you, you don't come you're not going to eat you know you can do that going to a fast food establishment 
you want to be, you know, wowed and, and have that experience where, you know, like, like I have the, the memories from going to dining at Spago and any other Wolfgang restaurant is, you know, it, it brings you back. And that's, I think, what's the most important thing in, in running a successful business. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're a foodie at heart. So when you're looking forward to trying a new place or uh, checking someplace out, what's your what's your guidelines? What's your criteria as far as checking out a new restaurant? You know, the, the, uh, even my wife says, you know, you, oh, you're a chef. You're the biggest critic in the world. But it's it's not like that. It's uh, I'm the most simplest. Even if I don't like a dish, you know, I'm not I'm not that person. Say, oh man, you know, just take it back. You know, I don't want it. You know, take it off my bill. It's you. You have to be, you know, open-minded. And nowadays, like, what's our best friend is like social media. You know, seeing social media is is a big part of what we do nowadays. It's seeing all the places, even just not even having to try it, but just getting ideas from you know pictures and and seeing how what everything looks or how it's been cooked. But I mean, you don't even have to go to restaurants nowadays. But it's 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 all on 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 social media, you know, Instagram. Uh, it's all over the place, and and that's a great tool for us nowadays, just to you know, just visually looking at things. Because at the end of the day, we, chefs run out of ideas as well. I mean, you could you you go over and over. What should I do for this? What should I do for this? But social media is a, is a great tool for 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 chefs all. What's the last great meal you had? Outside of your own establishments, last great meal I uh, probably had you know a very very good steak at SW at the Win in Vegas. That was probably a couple months ago, and it was you know they never cease to you know fail. They're they're always on point over there. Uh, it's it's funny you mentioned that. I was actually there over the summer as well too, and sitting there right by the water. And mm -hmm. getting that cheesy bacon jalapeno bread right before the steak comes out. I mean, it's it's definitely yep. a it's definitely a sight to see, and the steaks there are definitely exquisite. Now, yeah. um, obviously, as a chef, I'm sure you have a lot of stories back in your kitchen as well, too. Um, how do you also deal with conflict? Let's say you have an, a customer who is unhappy about the food not per se the service but the actual quality of the food how do you go about correcting that kind of walk me through that process as, as far as what goes on in the kitchen i mean we do anything and everything just to make sure the guest is uh happy at the end of the day uh if, if say something comes back and then we'll, we'll send out you know our server or manager uh if the guest is really unhappy we'll make sure we're sending out a manager out there making sure they talk to them and see what's wrong how we can correct it or we will gladly make you another steak if you don't like the steak what else would you like whatever's on our menu you know we, we take the steps necessary just to making sure like the guest is happy End of the day, uh, that's that's who we are, you know, cooking for. We are working for is the guests. Without them, we will not be here. So anything and everything, you know, we'll 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 try to buy them their whole meal, or we'll we'll you know, you know, uh, go out there and then say send them out some dessert. So what whatever is whatever we can do on our end. We'll definitely, we're not, I'm definitely not that chef. Oh, they don't like it. They don't like it. You know, they can leave. It's not, that's not how it works. You have to make sure you're, you're taking the patrons are coming in. And yeah, I mean, everybody has a different flavor profile. Maybe you're not liking something. Sure. How, how can we make it better? How can we, 
you know, make your experience what it should be. So we'll take all the steps necessary to make sure that happens. Well, let me tell you, if you if you need an extra pair of legs in the kitchen for quality control, just skimming and and tasting and testing things, I, I'm free on the weekends. I'll be there. You just let me know, and I'll make sure to carve out some time and some calories to help you out to make sure okay. nothing nothing slips through the cracks. But I mean, I'm going to take you up on that <laughs> offer for sure. I'm 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 actually I'm actually curious. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm a I'm not a cook by any definition but anytime i do make something it's kind of hard not to just eat while you're standing and over the stove and over the uh the the kitchen how do you fight the temptation of just not like you know munching throughout the day well it's like you know it becomes a repetition here uh but i mean you you still as a chef you have to you know, you have to try everything. You have to taste everything, make sure the sauces are on point, and making sure everything is at the freshest that can be. Because, you know, one of our main things here is, like, you know, if it's not the freshest that can be, we don't serve it. We, we'll make sure, you know, if I need to throw that out, I'll go throw it out and make sure it's, it's as fresh as possible. And that's one of the main things I, I definitely learned at Spago as well. Is uh, it's But you have to pick and choose your battles, you know. It's, it's not a whole three, four spoonfuls, you know, you just try it with the tip of the spoon. You know, you, you have to definitely uh, manage uh, how you're trying it as well, It's it's or else it could get a little bit uh, out of hand. And specifically, we're right around the new year right now. I know the holidays just passed. What were the holidays like specifically in your house? Because I know as Armenians, we make all different kinds of foods, and I'm curious as to what your spread looked like. Uh, you know, it's a traditional Armenian spread, which is basically everything and anything here. <laughs> that's how it how it goes, and, and you know, that's I, I love that. You know, even when I'm going to a restaurant, I love to just order a lot of stuff and just and just you know family style, which is what we're accustomed to and what we've seen you know throughout all our years. Uh, it's um, it's it's great. I mean, I love it. There's never, it's never too much, you know, and it's, I mean, the holidays are, you know, then you start your diet uh, starting uh, the week after the first, uh, and then that's how it is. Uh, and right now, actually, for holidays, I'm already working on my Valentine's Day menu for uh, for next month. You know, you always have to be a couple couple steps forward. Yeah, I might need a reservation for that one. We'll talk after the phone call here. You got it. But um, I'm curious. Um, you said your wife Julie likes to cook too. What's one of what's one dish that she makes that you particularly love? I love her mac and cheese. You know, it's there's like we eat it probably once a year because if you have it more than that, you might not make it for the next year. But it's uh, her mac and cheese is amazing. It's it's the greatest thing. Yeah, and, and you know, you mentioned that 2020, the diet starts after the first week. I think I already quit for 2020. I think I'm going for 2021. <laughs> it's it's been it's been pretty yep. it's been pretty bad for me. But you know, um, you you talked about you know inf influencing the menu and the kitchen with some of your your Armenian culture and such. Um, what's one thing specifically off the menu today that uh, we should keep an eye on uh, next time we're at the Mayfair Hotel? Uh, I mean, just, you know, just the restaurant and, and, you know, ask for the chef. I'm usually here 
most of the time and you know make sure you get whoever's coming in is having a great time that's all we you know strive on that's the most important thing and 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 definitely try our menu it has it's appealing to every and any anybody it's it has a little bit of everything and if it's not there make sure you ask the chef you know we we, we if we can make it within means uh we will be more than glad and happy to yeah and you know Otto, you're actually part of a this recent influx of Armenians in you know established places uh, in in the restaurant scene. I know uh, you know we have the big one, which is Jeffrey Zakarian in New York, the the Food Network Iron Chef, uh, who has all the restaurants in Manhattan and the Kitchenware line and the cookbooks and the the TV shows, and you know, but you know, in, in the local scene in Los Angeles, you know. There's, you know, obviously you're you're there, you know, guys like Vartan Abkadian, and then of of um, Spire of the of the seventy three and above, and then you know chefs like Sevan Abdesian used to have the recess in Glendale. What do you make of the the whole chef scene in Los Angeles with the influx of Armenians? Do you think this is something that's going to continue to build moving forward? I I sure hope so. You know, I, I love the fact that you know. Uh, Armenians are taking center stage and not just, you know, in those banquet halls cooking barbecue. Uh, if you, you, I'm sure you know what I mean. Uh, it's it's great to see these guys, you know, striving and, you know, becoming, you know, uh, semi-famous, you know, basically in the L.A. scene. You know, it's, it's great. You know, I, I love it. It's it's wonderful to see all these guys, and, and it makes me proud to be an Armenian. So, I mean, I think it'll definitely, you know, you see the passion and stuff coming out in these guys. There will be more and more, hopefully, you know, Armenians, you know, coming up. And my job is that whenever I get, you know, an Armenian cook or something is try to make them as great. You don't want to see someone stay a cook their entire life. So you're trying to make them great so you can see that guy become a chef. Not only in Armenians and anybody I bring in, you know, we want to see him. We don't want to see him as a cook for their entire lives or a dishwasher it's you know making them them greater where they can become chefs one day and you can be proud of them you know i tell all my cooks like you you know when you become famous chef someday you know i'm gonna eat, be eating at your restaurant for free for the rest of my life <laughs> you know and for those who might not know can you explain what a cook is a cook is basically uh, the, the person who's uh, cooking your food at the end of the day. Uh, it's uh, it's the person who, who's, who comes in, preps, and makes sure they're lying. And we have different kinds. You know, we have, you know, the hot cook with, uh, or the pantry cook or the saute cook. It's all different, you know, stations we have, but it's it's the people who are cooking your food. Yeah, and, you know, for anyone listening to the show who's perhaps more of the, the social media age, um, some of the younger people. Is there a certain? Is there a different route or a different path that people take in, into the world of of culinary and uh, and cuisines and and to become chefs? Or is it pretty much still the old tried and true of going to culinary school? You know what? Yeah, culinary school is good, but I'm you know. You don't have to go to culinary school, especially nowadays. When I went to culinary school, there was like eight people in my class. I was like one of the first Cordon Bleu classes. So you just got to stick in there, you know, start from the bottom up. What you learn in restaurants, culinary school can't teach you. Basically, I'd rather have someone with zero experience who has the enthusiasm and, you know, 
you know, is uh, willing to learn and comes in positive to work every day on time, which is uh, another issue we have from time to time. And, you know, I'll teach him everything I know. You know, I'd rather have that person, you know, who who wants to learn, who has the love, the passion inside him than someone else who's just coming in and it's a paycheck for them. Yeah, do you think also the the age of social media has made it more harder for chefs just because people are judging by pictures and by Instagram and, you know, just a simple filter changes away a plate looks, you know, so in photography, it's so big now with the way, you know, things can be manipulated. Do you think also social media, as much as it's helped you, it also kind of undercuts you at the same time? Yeah, it's, it's a yes and no question. It's, um, you know, it does. And then, like, you can see people coming in. Most of the time it's positive, but there's, you know, there's, there are those, you know, few times and instances where you know you're like you know social media is shouldn't shouldn't definitely this is just like yelp you know yelp is great but sometimes like someone's having a very bad day uh you know no matter what you do you're never going to please that person and then they put the one star yelp review for you so even like they the person reading it uh doesn't know the background and exactly what happened so it's 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 a two-way street you know yeah, and I mean, and at that point, you know, I think you, when you bring the credentials that you do, you know, in addition to, you know, doing this show, you've done stuff like on KTLA, presenting spreads and cooking live on TV. I mean, there there's different levels to your craft. And um, I have to ask, what what does the future hold for you? Do you have any specific goals or, or uh, plans that you want to implement in, along in your career? What's next for you? Uh, I think the sky's the limit, you know, basically just just go with the flow. You know, I'm, I've made it a really nice home here at the Mayfair, uh, and, you know, the ownership is, you know, backing me 100%. You know, I have 100% creativity of the menu. It's it's all mine. I You know, Spago was great, but there was a lot of, you know, you know borders, and, you know, you can't do a certain thing unless you get approvals and approvals, but here it's basically – uh you know it's all it's all on me it's all it's all my menu it's all my ideas and everything is uh being brought to life so you know the sky's the limit you know we just you you just said we did recently do a ktla uh segment uh it was fun 4 a.m i had to wake up the day after christmas so you know as an armenian on christmas day we have you know one too many uh too many drinks so it was it was definitely uh it was fun it was fun and uh, we got it done we did our uh new year's uh segment uh about what we were gonna do and and it's yeah i mean i mean they have a very a lot of respect for me here and i have a lot of respect for them there but you know it's uh end of the day is uh just going forward you know living it day by day and and seeing what opportunities we get yeah, and uh, like you said, Locala opening soon at the Mayfair Hotel with the with the brunch spot specifically by the pool. Really looking forward to checking it out. Uh, again, thank you very much, Gato, uh, for joining us. Uh, a pleasure, and you know, it's uh, next time I do an interview with the chef, I have to make sure I eat before I talk food for an hour because uh, this was this was pretty hard to get through. I, I think I have to, I think I have to run. What's a good place to eat in, in Studio City? Where should I go? <laughs> Studio City, well there's a Monty over there. That's one of our, my favorite spots to go over there. 
uh, right on Ventura. So you might want to check that out. There you go. Well, Cotto, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. And I'm looking forward to seeing all the great things you have planned for 2020 and beyond. And uh, hopefully, and if any of our listeners uh, meet us at the Mayfair, uh, be sure to let us know. And uh, we'll be uh, looking forward to meeting there in person as well, too. Cotto, thanks a lot for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mano. Thank you.